Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream, though what's harder to live. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 108 here on the Hooper's Log. It is Thursday, the last day of March 23rd, excuse me, 2016. Good Lord, man, I am way back on my times. Thursday, March 31st, 2016, here on a TNT Thursday on the Hooper's Log. My name is Simo Buckets. I am here on CLNS Radio through the SeatGeek Studios. If you'd like to call on the phone number is 323-642. One five five eight. We should have John Abrams on the show today. Should be some interesting stuff here as we talk about the world of basketball and what goes on and what's going on and what and about his book. We'll talk about John Abrams' book today. Andrew will be on the show in just a moment, finishing up on what he's doing. He'll be here in just a few minutes. We're going to recap what happened in the NBA last night. A lot of historical perspectives. An amazing game in Utah. Uh, what the Spurs have done is now officially one of the greatest. One of the greatest uh, home seasons in NBA history. And uh, obviously the standings are starting to shape themselves out into what who is going to be in the postseason. It's starting to look like what we all think is going to look like come the mid-middle of April. So we got about two weeks till the end of the season. We're here on the Hooper's Log. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. We're gonna, we're, we got a lot to get to. we got a lot to get to in the world of the NBA. Um, the Warriors keep on winning. They keep on getting it done. There's really not much more to say. I mean, they, if you saw what the Warriors did last night, if you saw what this team did in overtime, found a way to win the emotion, the intensity, the, the grit, the, the, you saw the want to attitude. And you know what? As much as I don't like the Warriors, screw it. This team has grown on me. And and I don't want to see them win the title. I still want to see my Spurs knock them off. But if there's a team I'm rooting for now, it's this Golden State Warrior team. And here's the reason why. Here is the reason why. This Golden State Warrior team, the way they've been playing over the last week or so, has been truly inspirational. From the standpoint of even when the going gets tough, even when life gets hard, even when things get brutal, there is no quit. Absolutely none, and, and that has to be inspiring to you. Even though this team is set 68 and seven now, dominating the way they have, they're going to break the record. It's going to happen. There's only six games left in the season for them, and if you don't think they're going to break the record now, I don't know what the heck you're thinking about. Uh, six games, yeah. So there's seven. Excuse me. There's seven games left in their schedule. 
And, again, their schedule's not the easiest in the world to finish out. But if you think they're going to lose any more games going the rest of the way, you're crazy. This team is just playing absolutely I – mean, I mean, I think they might lose to the Spurs on a couple of games. But they have been playing unbelievable basketball. Speaking of unbelievable basketball, the San Antonio Spurs are still right there. Are they going to get the one seed? No. It's not going to happen. They're, still, they're five games back, seven games to go. They're not going to get the one seed. The Golden State Warriors are going to wrap that up here in the next week. And we're going to see them take on and have home court advantage in the NBA, which both this Spurs team and this Golden State Warrior team will, will pretty much own in the NBA playoffs. I'm telling you, I'm tell, I think this year will be the year where the Western Conference playoffs really is the determinant of who's going to win the NBA playoffs. Um, let's just get into it. Kevin Hart, where are you at? I need you. I need some Kevin Hart. There you are, all buddy. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. Ton of games in the NBA last night. A ton to get to. Uh, let's start off in the Eastern Conference. The Toronto Raptors break their all-time win record uh, as they win their 50th game of the season, 50 and 24. Now, as they win 105 to 97 over the Atlanta Hawks, they are officially going to wrap up that two seed here in the next couple of couple of days. I think it's going to happen as the Cleveland as the Cleveland uh, as the Cleveland Cavaliers keep playing the way they're playing. They're going to be fine. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are 109. They win 109 to 105 over the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, the Memphis Grizzlies, when they turn it on, they're a good team. But on days like last night is where I really worry about them going deep in the postseason, which is why I think the top four teams in the West are the teams really to compete with. The, 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 the Memphis Grizzlies, they're, they're inconsistent. It's just flat out. It's how it is. 41 and 34, that spells inconsistency. When you have 40 wins going into April, as tomorrow will be April, uh, you're an inconsistent team just just by nature. Uh, if you only have 40 wins going into April, you're just inconsistent. You're a good team, but you're inconsistent. Um, and, uh, you know, the Nuggets are kind of on the, the lower end of the inconsistent, but they're a young team. So Memphis is starting to fall off a little bit, and you saw it last night again, losing 109 to 105 to the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets, they could, they could finish the season with less than 50 losses. That would be a win for them in the column book as they have 32 wins. Now they could find themselves with 33, 34, 35 wins. I said somewhere around that range at the beginning of the season, they're heading towards that mark and congrats to them for improving upon last year's misery of one, two, three Cancun, the Milwaukee bucks win one Oh five to 94 over the Phoenix sun, 31 and 44, clearly a disappointing season for the fit for the Milwaukee bucks and the Phoenix suns just fell off the map with all the injuries they had early on uh, midway through the season with Eric blood. So, Brandon Knight, you name it. They, they lost a bunch of guys. Devin Booker stepped up in his place. But overall, just a disappointing performance for the Phoenix Suns last night. Um, the L.A. Clippers keep on chugging. They dominate the, they dominate the Timberwolves last night, 99-79, to getting it done in a big fashion. Again, 99-79, they're 47-27. and They're going to finish the season with 50 wins. They're going to be one of those tough teams in the Western Conference to face down the stretch. As they, as they find a way to just finish out the season and find ways to keep winning. They're going to do it, and they're going to get there in the top four seed. They might just get that fourth spot in the West, and they may they will pose a big-time threat for the Oklahoma City Thunder as they will probably more than likely play them in the second round. Uh, the, the, the New York Knicks and the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks get another victory, 91-89. to The Mavericks trying to stay relevant in the Western Conference. They're still fighting for that eighth spot. Uh, between you know Houston and Utah, Dallas is tied with Utah right now. If the if the playoffs started today, 
Dallas would be would be out of the playoff race, but they're tied with Utah and Houston for that eighth and seventh spot in the Western Conference. So it's coming down to those three teams. It looks like Denver is five games back of those teams. It's looking like it's going to be between Dallas, Utah, and Houston in the final couple of spots there in the Western Conference. It is coming down to the wire in the Western Conference with three, three, 37 and 38 teams fighting for two spots in the Western Conference. It's going to be crazy coming down the stretch in the, in the bottom half of the Western Conference bracket. Um, as, they, as I said, the L.A. Clippers got the victory uh, last night. Uh, they are about six games up on the Grizzlies. You can pretty much wrap it up that the four seeds are going to stay where they're at in the Western Conference with it being the Golden State Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the uh, Los Angeles Clippers in that fourth spot. And I just mentioned the Dallas Mavericks seeing the victory over the Knicks. The San Antonio Spurs start off the greatest home season in NBA history. 38-0 at home as they beat the New Orleans Pelicans 192. Now 63-12. and 38 of those are at home, and they have had no losses. At home, the greatest start at home in NBA history. The Golden State Warriors, they win as well, 103 to 96. Like I mentioned, this Golden State Warrior team has been playing out of their mind over the last couple of days. They, I'm telling you, they're at the point now where delusion isn't even effect, isn't even a part of the factor anymore. It's not even a factor in the discussion anymore. This Golden State Warriors team, the, I'm telling you, the way they've been playing. This overtime period, if you watched this overtime period last night like I did, it was tied. Utah was up at one point, and then all of a sudden the, the Warriors went on another 10-0, 12-2 run. And the emotion that they in, in, in imposed, the emotion that they showed, the, 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 the fortitude, the, the, the testimonial to what they did in overtime against Utah this late in the season – Really, not outside of history, not having any real reason to play like this in overtime. They could have just folded and said, "Look, we're sixty-eight and seven, or we're sixty-seven and seven. We're going to be the number one seed in the West. It's going to happen. If we lose to Utah, what's the, what? What? What does that really mean for us? It means nothing. But this team is chasing history. Look, and and, and you don't need to be a rocket scientist to see." the emotions on their face from last night, especially Draymond Green. Look, the way Draymond Green attacked the basket last night in overtime and the way this guy was playing the game, he's the heart and soul of that team. You saw that guy absolutely go off last night emotionally uh, in the stat book. Uh, You saw this Golden State Warrior team just just absolutely hammer the Jazz in overtime. 14-7 in OT. You know, Draymond Green, 13 points, eight rebounds, six assists. He's not going to get the nod for MVP because, unfortunately, the favorite is Steph Curry because he's the best player on the best team. But Draymond Green is the most valuable asset this team has, period. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anyone else says. If you watch the game of basketball and you watch this Golden State Warriors team perform on a night-in and night-out basis, Draymond Green is the heart and soul and without his presence on that basketball team, I don't think that team wins 60 games. I'm dead serious. I don't think they win as many games as they let on to be. If you took Steph Curry off of them and you traded him with some other player, just some other random player, shoot, if you put his brother on there, Seth Curry, not Steph, Seth Curry, I think, this, I think the Warriors would still win 60-plus games with, with Draymond Green in the lineup. 
And that's no exaggeration. This guy, he doesn't perform on the stat book. Look, people can say all they want about, you know, the stats deciding who's the MVP and, and Steph Curry being the lead, leading scorer. It doesn't matter who their leading scorer is. Draymond Green is going to find a way to impact the game in any way he needs to. And if Draymond Green needs to go out and get a triple-double, he'll go and do it. If Draymond Green needs to go out and play lockdown defense, he'll do it. If he needs the rebound, if he needs to play center, if he needs to go out and he needs to play, um, if he needs to go out and he needs to go and get 20 rebounds, he's going to go and try and do that. He's going to go out and get 15 assists. He'll be the point man. He'll be the guy who scraps and claws and fights. He'll do it all. I mean, it's, it's just the nature of the beast. And every real Warrior fan will tell you, look, as great as Steph has been, as great as Klay Thompson has been, the best backcourt in, in the NBA, bar none, and maybe the greatest backcourt in NBA history, Draymond Green has held his own as becoming one of the more elite, if not the most elite small forward in the, in the NBA. Now, that's not to knock LeBron. That's not to knock Kawhi, my boy Kawhi. That's not to knock those guys. But we're talking about history here. We're talking about a circumstance where we're never going to see this again. And Draymond Green's presence for this team has been bar none the most valuable presence in the NBA. And if you want to talk about the most valuable player, Draymond Green's that. He epitomizes that. He doesn't show it on the stat book. He doesn't show it on a nightly basis every single night in the way that we would define as an quote-unquote MVP but when it comes to his impact on the game, he has a much larger, much crucial impact on the game than a guy like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, any other player, LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is most valuable to his team because without him, that team's nothing. But Draymond Green, without him, that team is not at a historical level. They're not. Just flat out, they're not. You take Klay Thompson off that team, and eh, okay, whatever. You take Steph Curry off that team, look, you're going to drop in points, but you're still going to win ball games. Draymond Green makes this team a championship team. Without Klay Thompson, without Steph Curry, I mean, I mean sorry, with Klay Thompson, with Steph Curry, this team is, a cha- is, is still a great team, but they're not a championship-worthy team. And let me tell you why. Look, Draymond Green, where did he come from? He came from Michigan State about, I don't know, three, four years ago, five years ago. And this guy came into the league as a 12th man, 11th man, a guy who came in and kind of like a Maurice Spates, not to knock Maurice Spates, but he played Maurice Spates' role, 10 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, kind of came out and was mediocre at best, an athletic you know, specimen, but he wasn't anything special, didn't have real fundamentals. He was just kind of out there and played the game as a lengthy body. Over the last three years, how can you not debate that Draymond Green has completely revamped, uh, transformed his game to the level that now he is one of the top three small forwards in the NBA? How can you not debate that? This guy has turned into, and you can even make the debate, that he's the best small forward in the league. And that is saying a ton because you have guys like Kevin Durant, Paul George, uh, uh, LeBron James, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he is in the top three. And, and even the debate of when it comes to his, his credentials as a player and his ability to impact the game, he might be the most valuable. Because he can play defense on every player in the league. Because he can play at above the rim. Because he can get his team motivated at a historic level. He impacts that team. Does LeBron impact that team like, like Draymond does? I don't think so. I think LeBron has a different impact, a different, more individual impact than Draymond Green. Draymond Green is fluid. A fluid, dominant impact, like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green, in my opinion, are pretty much the same player. The only difference is, is Draymond is a little bit bigger physically. Outside of that, it's the same thing. And 
from the perspective that Draymond doesn't necessarily have to carry his team every night, but when he does, he does it gracefully. He does it with an impact that is historic. The way he impacted that team in overtime last night with pure heart, pure emotion, raw emotion, and the capability to keep this team afloat when they were struggling. Don't, be, don't, don't kid yourself. This team struggled hard yesterday. They scored 16 points in the second quarter, 21 points in the third. They mustered out 26 points in the fourth to get it to overtime when they were down six heading into the fourth. And then they get into the overtime period. And what did you see? Steph Curry playing, I'm going to say it, he was playing fantastic defense, not all defensive player type defense, but fantastic defense to get his team back in the ballgame. Draymond Green was doing everything he could, setting screens, cutting to the rim, finding ways to get guys open, making great passes. I mean, this Draymond Green needs to be the MVP of the league for a reason that we, that we all see when you watch the game of basketball. Without his presence on the court, he touches the ball probably 85 to 80, 80 to 85%, maybe even 90% of the Golden State Warriors' possessions. And every single time he touches the ball, I feel like something good happens. Every time Steph touches the ball, you have a, chan- you have, you, you have a chance to see something crazy, but at the same time, you have, a, you have a chance to see an ineffective shot. Steph Curry is great. Steph Curry is a top three point guard in the league. No one will debate that. But when it comes to his ability to impact the game from the standpoint of creating offense, generating flow, and generating an opportunity to get to the level that you want to get to, Draymond Green provides that. And if you're dumb enough to not think that that's the case and that's the, that's the capability that Draymond Green has, you're out of your mind. Again, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 blocks. It doesn't show in the stat book as a crazy game, but he has done that every single night. A near triple-double performance impacted his team on multiple levels of the floor. You talk about a guy who is not getting the, the praise of being a quote-unquote MVP candidate in Draymond Green, because his quote-unquote stats don't match up. I don't give a damn about stats when it comes to Draymond Green. What he does on the floor on a nightly basis is hugely critical. He is like the here, – here, here's, here's, here's the perfect example from multiple different sports. Draymond Green is the defensive guy you have on your baseball team that makes a great play every day but might not – and makes the bunts. He, he'll be the guy that, 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 that hits, the guy, hits the guy over. There'll be a guy on second base with one out, and all you need to do is get a guy over. That's Draymond Green. You need a guy who needs to make a great play in, on the, in the field. That's Draymond Green. You have a guy who comes in as a setup player in, on, in baseball, and, but he doesn't get the stats for, quote-unquote, getting the save or whatnot. That's Draymond Green. In football, Draymond Green's the offensive lineman. He's the, he is the great left tackle. He is the blind side. That's Draymond Green. What else? What other stats do you want me to give you? He is he is the unsung hero of this team, and not even unsung. I, in my opinion, I think he's the best player on the team. Period. Just from the standpoint of he impacts everything that they do, everything. When Draymond Green has a good game, this team wins. It's flat out. It's like every time Draymond Green impacts the game from an eye level, eye perspective, from the way you watch the game, Draymond Green impacts this team bar none more than every other player on the team. And it's not even close. It's, it is not even close. I mean, he, he impacts the game so high for this, for this team. Look, he had a plus five, plus minus yesterday playing 42 minutes. Think about that. A plus five playing 42 minutes with the stat line he had. 
How impactful do you have to be to have that high of a plus-minus, to have that, those little stats, and to be that effective? He was incredible last night. For, for the lack of stats he had, he was unbelievable. And impacting that team, getting them back in the ball game, giving that fire that they needed to keep winning, that's Draymond Green. That's Draymond Green. What else do you need to know? The, in my opinion, top three small forward in the game, and that is a giant compliment considering we have a, we have a gaggle of small forwards in the NBA right now who are just, who are just finding ways to stay relevant. And potentially, majority of them are Hall of Famers in the scheme of things, realistically. I mean, Kevin Durant, future Hall of Famer. LeBron, no doubt. Kawhi Leonard, on pace to be one. Paul George, on pace to be one. You've got guys in this league who are on pace to be Hall of Famers, and Draymond Green is putting his name in the ballot this year with the way this team's been playing. And the Warriors get the victory 103-96, to beating the Jazz. They're now 68-7 and with seven games to go, 5-2. and All you got to do is go 5-2. and just five and two. You think the Warriors can't go five and two? I, I think if you think the Warriors can't go five and two, you're out of your mind. Look, as much as I don't like this team and the Warriors, I'm objective, and being objective, you can't not watch this team right now. Look, this is much must watch television every single night they're on TV. You have to turn on the television. You have to watch the Warriors. You have to get league pass. You have to watch this team. It's just it is nearly homework. You have to watch this team. It's it's history. We won't see this again. What we're seeing from the Warriors, we won't see again. What we're seeing from the Spurs, we won't see again. 38-0 at home. I think, the, I think the Warriors could lose one game at home before they finish it out. And that might be to the Spurs. Outside of that, you're seeing an undefeated Spurs team at home. You're seeing a greatness of the Warriors. And people are just, you know, this is what to expect. No, no, this is crazy. This is absolutely insane what we're seeing. Spurs win 192 over the Pelicans, 38-0 at home, 63-12 overall in the season. And the Warriors get the victory 103-96 over the Jazz as they go to 68-7 with seven games to go. And I believe their next game, if I'm not mistaken, is on, uh, is on April 1st. And they play the Boston Celtics in, in Golden State on ESPN. That'll be must-watch television. I don't care what you say. That's must-watch television. Every single day, that is must-watch television. From the perspective of the Golden State Warriors, you have to watch them every time they're on TV now at this point. You have to. And even if they get into the NBA playoffs, you have to watch them. It's just that simple. Sacramento Kings get the win over the Washington Wizards last night, 120-111. to 111. The Wizards are still fighting for their lives to get into the postseason as we break down the eighth spot in the, in the Eastern Conference. Chicago and Washington are still fighting for that potential spot between Indiana and Detroit is now a half game up on Indiana in the playoff seating. Detroit 40 and 35 looking like they're going to get into the postseason. It's guaranteed. Not, it's not a lock yet, but it's looking like they're going to get in Indiana 39 and 35. Chicago is two games back of them and Washington is three and a half games back of Indiana. Washington has to battle for their life now at this point for the final two weeks to even have a shot at getting into the postseason, even a shot. So they're on the brink. They're close to not getting in. They got about five, six games left in their season, seven games left in their season, the three and a half out. They have to almost play perfect basketball just to get in, and they have to almost pray for Indiana to not to, 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 to choke their way out. It's, it's getting to that point in the year now where you're starting to see the teams that need to win versus the teams that only need to just wait. It's getting to that point. 
and Indiana, Chicago, and Washington were watching it happen. And if and, and the way Washington lost last night, it was a heartbreaker as Sacramento ruined their lives. By the way, Sacramento, talk about you talk about some 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 play. Sacramento, what they did last night with Rajon Rondo and Demarcus Cousins clapping at the refs. 30 and 45 are the Sacramento Kings. They're nothing special. They, they did exactly what I thought they would do this year. They would be a team that would potentially compete for a playoff spot and not quite get there. It's exactly what the Sacramento Kings have done this season. 30 and 45, they've been impressive at times, but they've been explosive at times. Last night they were explosive and impressive. So from that perspective, the Sacramento Kings – look, and fascinating enough, I was playing 2K last night before I went to bed. And I played one game online. I got beat by by this guy. I almost won. I was close. Uh, he played with the Kings. I played with the uh, with the with the with the, um, with the uh, Thunder. And I wasn't really playing that hard. I was just kind of messing around, having fun. And we were chatting. And he apparently bought season tickets for the new uh, arena for the Sacramento Kings for next season. Five grand, sitting up in the top deck. Um, we talked about how you know how his Kings what what need what they need to fix and what they need to do. And he mentioned how Rudy Gay shouldn't be on the team anymore. I I totally agree. I think if this team wants to make the next step forward for the Sacramento Kings, Rudy Gay getting rid of him and finding someone to replace him, kinda like a, you know, a Draymond Green type player, a guy who can kind of mold and mesh into the to the system, I think the Kings would be very good. And talking to him last night and getting a perspective from a Kings fan made it interesting enough to see, you know, what this team is about and where they're going from here. Um, so the Kings are the victory, 30th victory of the season. Good for them. Uh, they still got a lot to fix there, but considering the hodgepodge they have in Sacramento, they're doing a fantastic job. Los Angeles Lakers beat the Heat in overtime, 16-59 and 59 now, 102-100 to 100 after all the drama with D'Angelo Russell. They got a victory, and they found a way to get their 16th victory of the season. And the Heat, they can't afford to lose games like this at this time of the year. They still haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. They still haven't guaranteed themselves a playoff spot. And if they're losing to teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, they better go find a hole and bury themselves because I'm telling you, Boston, Charlotte, Detroit even, they could all catch up to the Miami Heat, and it could potentially happen. It's a scary thing to see, scary thought to process. Okay, Andrew Norris is on the line. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, what did you take away from last night's game? I went on a big-time talk about the Golden State Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, um, obviously the Clippers dominating the Minnesota Timberwolves. What stood out to you last night? in the world of basketball? They're the best clutch team of all time, the Warriors. It's far on. It's yes. unbelievable. They had no business winning that game. I mean, like, nope. just just no business whatsoever going in and winning that game. Um, it, it, it's really, really, really just – and I tweeted out something earlier. I, I'm still hearing people say, oh, they're going to be one short of the record. Do what they have to do to not get the record, no. to not at least tie the record. They have to go like three and four. They have to have a losing record over the next, <clears throat> excuse me, over the next next seven games to not tie the record. Um, this is the best team to ever step foot on a basketball court. Uh, I, I really think them at their best beat any team ever. I really believe that. Um, yeah. it, it's just. Amazing, amazing to see. Well, the thing we and the thing we have to we also have to recognize, and we and you know this is you know we know this as better as anybody. I mean, especially as a Spurs fan, I would know. I mean, I would know this. The thing is, is going into at this point in the season, as you said, them playing anybody, they could beat anybody. But at the same time, we don't want to also automatically grant them a championship when they haven't done it yet. And we we've, we've talked about this. We talked about it yesterday. 
them coming into the first round of the postseason, if they have to play a team like the Houston Rockets, then play either Oklahoma City or, uh, or excuse me, Oklahoma City or uh, the Clippers, one of the two. I, I forget who they're going to play. Uh, the, I think they're going to play whoever comes out of that round or whatever. We'll figure it out. Anyway, whoever they play in that round, I believe it'll be the Clippers. Then they'll have to play either the Spurs or Thunder, and more, more than likely the Spurs. And then the, and then the Cleveland Cavs. If they win all those games, then we can no debate say that they're the greatest team of all time. And there's not even it won't even be close. Like it won't even be close if they do that. Um, but when it comes to regular season, when it comes to the end of the season, as we're coming down the stretch here with two weeks to go, the Golden State Warriors are no debate the greatest regular season team we've ever seen. And it's not even close. It's not even – I mean, and that's saying something considering the Bulls and what they did in 95-96 is not to be knocked off. But what the, what the Warriors have done and, – and last night made me look – and again, as much as we don't like the Warriors, Andrew, and especially as much as I don't like the Warriors and I don't like Steph Curry, look – Last night, and I just talked about it for a while, this team is – the way they played in overtime, it was tied. The Jazz were even up at one point in overtime. And the Warriors just they, – they put in this energy and this, and this, this want to, this, this hype attitude that I haven't seen from them all – and I've seen it, but I haven't seen it like this all season long where they were so hyped up over – think about this. It is game. It was game seventy-five last night. There are three. There are five games up in the win column. They're about to get the first seed in the, in the Western Conference. They realistically have nothing to play for. And what are they doing? They're playing for history, and they're playing for it at a level like, like you said, they weren't. They had no reason winning that game last night. None at all. And they found a way to dig in the depths of motivation and find a way to win. And you saw Draymond Green go absolutely bonkers crazy emotionally last night after making that dunk to make it a, make it an eight point lead uh, down the stretch. And you saw Steph Curry playing some pretty solid defense there. And it was, it, it was just something I was like, okay, I can get behind that. That is something that I can see and I can be like, okay, I like that. That is the kind of team I want to root for. Now, again, I'm not a, I'm a Spurs fan. I still want to see the Spurs knock them off. But how could you almost – and, again, I know you want to see the Cleveland Cavaliers win a championship. Believe me, I'd like to see that too. But if this team wins it all with that type of mentality in the postseason, I don't know how they're – I mean, the most, the most critical of people, how could you not root for that team? How could you not? It's unbelievable what they're doing, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it, I, it, we're, I've run out of words, like, to, to right. describe what this team is doing. Like, they, we talk about them every day on the show because every day they're doing something crazy. It's, it's amazing, spectacular. Those type of words are, don't do it justice, but that, that's what you can do. That's the only time you can get close to even kind of explaining what, what they're doing this year. Absolutely, and uh, we do have we do have Abrams on the show. Uh, Abrams, how you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing real good, man. Hey, uh, we I heard Andrew was getting you on the show. Andrew, this is your time to shine. Feel free to shoot questions, buddy. Hey, John. Uh, how are you, my man? Uh, very excited to have you on the show. Um, let's just let's just get straight to it. Let's just go straight into the talk about the book. For all the people listening right now, for all the people who don't have a, a great idea 
although I'm sure a lot of them do. What that the, um, Boys Among Men is about, the, it's about, could you just kind of give them a brief explanation of that? Yeah, it basically tracks uh, the generation of players who declared for the NBA straight out of high school. So it starts with Moses Malone and Daryl Dawkins and Bill Willoughby, and then there's a a 20-year gap before guys like Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant and T-Mac entered the league. So it basically uh, documents their trials and tribulations and trying to adjust to the NBA and documents the guys who became stars and the guys who kind of faded away from uh, NBA stardom and their effect and impact and influence on the NBA. Yeah, and who was who is your inspiration for this book? What made you, or who or what, I guess, what made you want to sit down and write a book about this uh, trend or what was a trend in the NBA? Uh, for Grantland, I had done a few uh, profiles on guys who had made the jump from high school, and it just seemed like even guys who probably had just, just about average NBA careers, a guy like Gerald Green or Sean Livingston, uh, just their path to find NBA stability was just tougher than the average player. So, like Gerald Green, for example, had to go all the way to Siberia and play professionally there before he kind of returned as a more mature product and ready for the NBA. So that was one. And then uh, my high school senior year was the same year as Eddie Curry, Kwame Brown, and Tyson Chandler in 2001. So I was kind of a basketball fan then and following – their careers in real time and you know you look back a decade later and they were all forecasted for stardom and none of them really hit the peak in proclamations so I thought it would be interesting to look at why yeah I, I think that's probably the most interesting that most of the guys who came out of high school were really expected to be top top guys eventually and you know most of them obviously didn't turn out that way who is your favorite player to write about in this book? Uh, I liked writing about Tracy McGrady. His chapter was pretty interesting because he had grown up such a huge baseball fan and never really even liked playing basketball when he was little, but he was just such a natural athlete and had a gift for the game that he was able to make the jump. Uh, probably my favorite chapter to write was unraveling the 96 draft and how Kobe – ended up going 13th to the Hornets and eventually traded to the Lakers just because there were so many twists and turns and, and coincidences that had happened for that to occur. So it was it was interesting for me to kind of unravel the whole process. Yeah, okay. So as a writer, um, you obviously love kind of the art of writing, I would assume, and the actual in-depth more than just how the book turns out. But what goes into it, you can appreciate it more than anybody else or you know, every, everybody else, but what is your favorite basketball book ever written? Oh, that's easy. That's uh, Bricks of the Game by David Halberstein. Uh, just an amazing book inside and out of uh, how basketball was at that stage and and just documents the Portland Trailblazers a couple years after they won their championship and kind of Bill Walton's uh, downfall and troubles with his injuries and I don't think we'll ever see a basketball book like that again just because it was the perfect marriage of a writer and subject. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Bill Simmons fan, so the book of basketball personally to me is my favorite, my favorite book, period, that I've ever read. Um, I actually saw the review he did for your book. seems like he loved it, uh, which 
which must have been awesome for you with how big of a name he is. Um, at this point, do you have any plans to write another book? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, hopefully it'll it'll come soon. But, yeah, I enjoyed this process, and it's a lot funner when you're out of it than when you're in the thick of it. But, yeah, I definitely do. Jonathan, I want to jump in real quick. I want to jump. I want to jump in, Andrew. I want to ask you a question uh, about. You, you talked about the 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 the, the '80s uh, Celtics a little bit there. What 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 do you say when it comes to the NBA? What was the most transformative, uh, the, the most impactful? What, let me just say it this way: What was your favorite era of the NBA when it came to? I guess I guess just overall, uh, you know, last decade '90s, '80s, '70s. What decade really? impacted you to start really following basketball and really inspired you to write about basketball and be a part of something such as big as Grantland? Well, I'm a, I'm a Los Angeles kid. So I grew up in the eighties. So I was all about that showtime basketball with magic and worthy and Michael Cooper and Byron Scott, uh, forgive him for being a coach, but, uh, those guys really, uh, were my guys growing up. So I, I would say that, I mean, it's, funny to me because I was a baseball was my favorite sport growing up and I always dreamed of being a, a baseball writer but um basketball writing was just uh my calling we're the exact same okay. here Andrew played baseball I played baseball I play softball right now and it's funny because like baseball season's right around the corner and we were just talking about you know I'm actually I have the show right now on my tv I'm playing it you know right before I did the show and so right before I started the show so it's really funny you mentioned that because we're the exact same way yeah, yeah. Baseball. But um, baseball. There's, there's, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. There's, there's more of a rhythm and good pace with basketball than than baseball. For whether you're watching it or, or writing about it, I think basketball definitely has a much better flow to it. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that a hundred percent. I found that out uh, when I first started my sports blog about a year ago. I I wrote about all sports, and I found out that about 80% of my my articles were basketball. It, it was the easiest. People love talking about it. But what I'm going to do now, I'm going to throw you a couple rapid-fire questions, just simple, quick answers, um, just about the NBA. Not so much about the book, but just, you know, your personal opinion on, on separate things going on in the NBA right now. Um, okay. First, who's your favorite NBA team? I think you just said, oh, you said the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go okay, with the Lakers. Yeah. Well, right, I'm not, sorry not to hear that. Lakers, not these Lakers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. These Lakers. Um, all right, who's your favorite NBA player? I'm gonna guess Kobe. Uh, currently, or all time? Uh, do both. Let's do Current. both. Yeah. All time is Magic. Uh, currently, I love watching a guy like Chris Paul play. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay, are the you who do you have above, or do you think the Golden State Warriors are the greatest team of all time? I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm a '80s '90s kid, so I'm still gonna rock with the Chicago <laughs> Bulls no matter what. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I, had a, last... I want I want I want to ask a question what? too. Um, when it comes to uh, this matchup between the Spurs and, and Warriors coming up potentially for the Western Conference Finals, uh, Jonathan, what what would you 
where would you classify this? And honestly, if this series turns out anything the way we expect it to turn out to be, could you please write a book for it, please? I'll read it. <laughs> um, you know, this one has gotten lost in history a little bit, but I think it was 2010 or 2011, I want to say, there was a Celtic Bull series, and I was uh, still writing for the New York Times at the time, and I was covering the series, and I want to say, like, there were, like, five or six overtime series in or overtimes in, in that whole series where it was just back and forth, back and forth, and that really sticks out to me as, as a great series that I don't I don't know if it can be taught. Okay. All right. And then and then last but not least, I know you're a busy guy, so we we'll get you out of here. Um I, I'm trying to figure out how how to word this right. Here, we'll 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 just make it easy. We'll make it easy. I was gonna add something out of the question, but just your final prediction this year, who you got in it and who you got winning it. I'm going to say that we're going to have a repeat of last year's finals, and I'm going to say Golden State in five. Wow, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty brutal. But, hey, uh, Jonathan Abrams, thank you again so much for calling into the show and uh, giving us some insight on your book. Uh, go check out his book um, and go read any other things that Jonathan Abrams and Grantland has provided over the years. As we've said, Bill Simmons is one of our favorite writers and one of our favorite uh, people here, and, 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 and for Jonathan Abrams to be a part of anything similar to that is, is outstanding. Thank you again so much, Jonathan. No problem. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much, sir. All right. Um, Andrew, let's get back to our show and recap. Uh, let's go and recap, uh, or not recap, but preview tonight's games. Obviously, we got a ton of games on the schedule. Um for the final day of March, March 31st, 2016. A ton of games on the docket. Obviously, a TNT Thursday. I'll give my picks, and then, Andrew, you can give your picks and get on out of here. Okay, I'll say the Cavs and, and Nets. Look, the Cavs are not going to let what happened to them last time against the Nets. They're going to dominate tonight. They're going to beat them there. Uh, Magic and Pacers. Look, Pacers are on a stretch. they got to try and win to get into the postseason and stay in the postseason race. They're going for that 40th win tonight. They'll get it done over the Orlando Magic. Bulls, Rockets. Both teams need a victory. This is a huge game tonight between both these teams. One team needs to keep winning to stay in it, and another team needs to, needs to win it to, uh, to just get into the postseason. So big time there for both those teams. Nuggets and, and, and Pelicans, big time, big time stuff there. I think the Denver Nuggets are going to win that one. Obviously, uh, both teams are, have been very underperforming this year, especially the New Orleans Pelicans, but I think the Nuggets will find a way to win and get that 33rd victory of the season. Clippers, Thunder, last game of the uh, last game between these two teams before they go into the postseason realistically, Clippers and Thunder. I think the Clippers are big-time favorites in this one, considering the the Thunder and the way they've been playing lately. They're probably gassed, but I think they'll get it done there. And then the Celtics and Portland Trailblazers should be a big-time game there as well. And I think the Portland Trailblazers will get it done and try and win their 40th game of the season. Looks like Andrew Norris fell off the line got about a minute left in the show if he comes back definitely we'll put him back on if not uh we are done for the day jonathan abrams again if you want to check out any of his stuff go check it out on grantland he was an outstanding uh caller today an outstanding guest uh obviously one of those uh writers that is definitely legendary in the sport of basketball for for his his contributions to what the game is about and how the game has been uh and been formed over the years we got about a minute left on the show trying to find the outro button before we get on out of here Andrew Norris is back with us. Uh, Andrew, buddy, 
what are you? What is your? What's your take on tonight's games, and uh, what what game is to watch for you? Um, Rockets Bulls. Uh, I think you're going to see the Rockets dominate this game. The Rockets actually have been playing with some heart, while the Bulls have just been fluttering away and looking looking terrible. Um, which is my, well, we'll wrap that up real quick because, like you said, about a minute left on the show. Everybody, go to the YouTube, type in the Hoopers log, subscribe. More videos are going to be coming up soon. I've been in and out of the hospital. It's been, it's been crazy. It's been not fun. It's been all that stuff. Um, go follow us on Twitter. Um, website's coming soon. Go follow Calvin on Twitter, our new writer. Um, I think we got Diego hopefully coming to write for us as well. I'll uh, make sure to tweet out their ads. Thank you again, Jonathan Abrams, for coming on the show. Uh, and other than that, as I say every time, guys, peace. Have a good one, Andrew. And also tomorrow, episode 109, the last show of the week, <clears throat> we will have for April 1st, April Fool's Day 2016, we will have our top 10 white forward performances of the month of March in the craziness of March. We will have it all for you tomorrow. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the day of basketball. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good one.